This episode of Storylines is brought to you by Actra Alberta. Actra Alberta is the local branch of the Alliance of Canadian Cinema, Television and Radio Artists, representing 25,000 professional performers across Canada, with close to 1,000 talented performers living right here in Alberta. For more information, visit actraalberta.com. That's A-C-T-R-A alberta.com. Welcome to Storylines, a podcast brought to you by WIFTA, Women in Film and Television Alberta. I'm your host, Sheena Rossiter. On this week's episode... It's about the performance. It's nothing more than that. There's no ego involved whatsoever. It's just about feeling something. We're in conversation with actor Karen Ryan. She started her career as a Calgary-based actor later than most. Once she caught that acting bug, though, she realized that being in front of the cameras in film and television productions was the right place for her. As soon as I was there and with all these people around me that were like me, I thought, I'm finally at home and I finally found my tribe. But it wasn't always a smooth ride. She faced health problems that forced her to take two years off when her career was getting started, and it's been a slow build. But the hard work has paid off for Karen. She now has over 15 acting credits to her name, and Karen has appeared in television series like CBC's Heartland and the Amazon Prime production Tin Star. North Stream chose this site because it is the perfect nexus for oil sands petroleum into the U.S., God damn it, you just rolled in here. You weren't born here, you weren't raised here. I thought people loved the police in Canada. Yeah, until you got here, evidently. Karen is being honoured by actor Alberta this year as the 2020 Woman of the Year. Karen, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I just want to start out by asking... You started quite a bit later in acting than most. How did it all happen? I was uh, interested in acting as a teenager, but I was also quite the introvert, very shy. And I never really got involved in the theater department in high school. So I kind of gave that up and I went on with my life. I got married young and I had one child. And by the time I was 32, I was pregnant with my second. And I thought... I don't really know what I'm doing with my life. And I ended up going to see a movie. It was actually Legends of the Fall. And somebody had mentioned to me that it was filmed here, which to me was a shocker because I didn't think anything was filmed anywhere other than L.A. For some reason in my brain, that's where everything happened. I thought, oh, wow, that's something I could do. So I had my baby. I had a year off. And I kind of wanted something to get myself out of the house every now and then. And I answered an ad for extras in a movie about the Oklahoma City bombing. And yeah, I got a day on that, or actually I think it was two days, as a survivor of the bombing. And my very first day on set, they asked me if I could cry at a memorial service. And I thought, well, I'll try. Anyways, I ended up crying. (laughs) And I had the close-up for the whole uh, scene. So as soon as I was there and with all these people around me that were like me, I thought, I'm finally at home and I finally found my tribe. And yeah, I was older in life, but I had done other things early, such as getting married, starting a family. I just continued on from there. 
So it's interesting that you mentioned that, that you got married a little bit younger and started a family. But what was it like to kind of juggle all of that? Because having that kind of home life is definitely keeps things quite busy. What was a work-life balance like? Right. It was crazy. I actually didn't start my family early, but I did get married early. So I think it was seven, eight years after I got married that I started a family. And Balancing all of that, I actually wanted to raise my kids during the day at home. So I went from being an executive assistant with a chartered accounting firm to waiting tables locally in a small town. And so I could be with my kids during the day and my husband would come home from his day of work and we kind of wave at each other on the highway. And then I'd start my job and I'd work till midnight. And so we sort of did that. I had weekends off, but we hardly saw each other for about five years. We were just working and trying to make everything work. And I was also doing the acting. I got the bugs. So I was taking acting classes and doing everything I could to try to push that career forward as well. Yeah, it was very hectic, very crazy time. (laughs) You've made a go at it here in Alberta. Obviously, during that time as well, you started, your career did start to take off, but then you faced some serious health problems. What happened? Actually, first of all, got my actor's card on the movie Rat Race in 2000, and I was super excited about that and was starting to get lots more auditions, and there was interest around some of the stuff I was doing. And then I got a diagnosis with breast cancer. It kind of just stalled everything. Obviously, I was in the fight of my life for about a year and a half, two years. Lots of surgeries, chemotherapy, radiation, and of course, I had a 7- and a 12-year-old at home that I was very concerned about, so... I just stopped everything and my focus was entirely on getting better, getting healthy, fighting a disease that was attacking me. And I made it through. Yay. (laughs) It's been 18 years, May 1st, since I was diagnosed. And I wouldn't say it was easy, that's for sure. But I always just kind of find that I face things head on. And if that's the hand I've been dealt, I'm just going to face it and make the best of it. And that's what I did. So then how did you take that kind of energy from that diagnosis and battle through it, but not just battle through it, but move forward with your career? How did you take that energy and make it into something positive? I have been very lucky to be blessed with an optimistic attitude all my life. It comes naturally to me. I have no idea why. It's not that I've always got a reason to be optimistic, but, you know, a glass half full kind of girl. And when I look back at the cancer diagnosis, it was a blessing, even though it was a lot of work. Basically, the fact that your life is going to end somewhere in the next five years, you think a lot about what's important in your life, and you work hard for the things that bring you the most joy. And for me, it was acting. And at the same time, as instilling in my children, it's good to work, it's good to make money, pay your bills, but still follow your dreams and work hard at it. Don't just think it's going to happen overnight. But be happy when you do it. Be happy, be kind, be gracious, love every minute of it. Take me through some of your projects here. You mentioned there in early 2000s, you got your actor card and then received that unfortunate diagnosis. Mm -hmm. When you came back from your cancer diagnosis and you went back into acting, what was your first big gig and what was that like being back on the scene? My first gig wasn't big, but it was life-changing for me because at the time I was bald and I was wearing a wig and I had just finished treatment, but was still not really back to work full-time. Pretty weak and super skinny and swollen in the face. And a friend of mine who is an 
background casting director said, come on out, do this Gary Burns movie, do some background on, uh, I think it was called Way Downtown. And I went to it and, and I had my wig on and I guess the scene had everybody looking like they were dead and they were powdering people white. And I thought, oh my God, I fit right in. <laughs> so it was great because it was, uh, I, I was still sick. I didn't look great, but here I was on camera again. And it made me realize I could probably go in front of the camera looking any which way. It wouldn't matter to me. I don't care. That was my first gig. After that, my very first big role was a friend of mine who actually had asked me to start a workshop called Upstart, a film workshop. And uh, he was doing a movie with William B. Davis. I don't know if you remember him, but he was Smoking Man in The X-Files. And it was a short film called The Femme Fatale. I was the femme fatale and he was the detective. And that was my very first big major principal role in a film. At the time, I was still, you know, a little heavier after the cancer. I wasn't feeling the best, but as soon as I got on set and they dressed me up and I looked like the femme fatale, <laughs> I loved every minute of it. And working with Bill Davis was fantastic. In a way, then, your first role that you mentioned after your cancer diagnosis, did, did it boost your confidence that you fit right into the role based on how you were appearing at the time? It boosted my confidence because I realized I didn't care what I looked like. I didn't care how it looked on camera. All I cared about is that somebody wanted me there and that I could do it. Well, my very last role that I did on Tin Star, I was no makeup, <laughs> looking very dowdy, dressed up as an Ammonite woman, which is kind of like a Hutterite woman, but it was their version of that. And I didn't care. It's not about the glamour. It's not about how good you look. It's really about the performance. And it was in that moment when I went back after my cancer treatment with the wig on that I realized it. it's about the performance. It's nothing more than that. There's no ego involved whatsoever. It's just about feeling something. Let's talk about that production, Tin Star. It's an Amazon Prime production and it's starring Tim Roth. For our listeners who maybe don't know a little bit about it, what's Tin Star about? North Stream chose this site because it is the perfect nexus for oil sands petroleum into the U.S. God damn it, you just rolled in here. You weren't born here, you weren't raised here. I thought people loved the police in Canada. Yeah, until you got here, evidently. Tim Roth plays a sheriff in a mountain town, which I think it was filmed in the mountains, but it's meant to be sort of like an oil town. So it's... Uh, very made up. It's, there is no town like that here in Alberta where you've got the mountains right there and it's all about oil. It's sort of like being in Banff, but it's all about the oil. You seriously think an oil company killed him? Yeah. A Canadian oil company? Yeah, I do. Your only hope is to cooperate fully with Nord Stream Oil. He has two personalities, and those personalities, one of them is very scary and mean and I think it's when he drinks and so he has followed his family into this little town this community and it's called an Ammonite community the women dress in long flowing flower dresses and the men dress very in wool suits and hat and it's a religious community and the leader the religious leader played by John Lynch who is just a fantastic actor you might remember him from the TV show The Fall he is actually running drugs and he's gotten into a bit of trouble Tim Roth is there to sort of get his daughter out of the clutches of this religious community and at the same time somehow the 
bad guys show up <laughs> in the episode that I'm in and start shooting up the town and it ends up that they're all dead and I'm dead in the street at the end of it as well. So it was interesting. It was a lot of fun. I did a lot of stuff that I've never done before, including laying on the ground with a giant uh, camera flying over top of me. <laughs> <laughs> what was it like then working on such a large production? Could you feel the difference between other productions like say Heartland for CBC that probably has a much lower budget. Right. So Heartland kind of feels like home for me because I know a lot of the people. I know the actors. I was in the very second episode of that TV series. I've known them all for a very long time. The TV show Tin Star was super creative. They were writing scenes the night before you were going to camera almost every day and everybody had input and I've been on other sets where they bring you out as the actor, they place you, they tell you where you're going to move, and you basically go right to it, action, and you're going. Tin Star, they brought us out to the set, and it's, how do you want to block it? How do you feel? What does your character feel? It was much more a community discussion, and so you had a part of what your character was going to be like. And it was fantastic. That's interesting that you say that because I would have imagined on a production like Tin Star, which is for Amazon Prime, probably has a much larger budget, that they would be more strict about blocking and things about where you stand and how you act. It would be, I would imagine it would be less of a community effort. I was surprised when I did get there. And the role that I landed in Tin Star was actually actor, no lines. I thought, that's fantastic. I got on Tin Star. I, there are actors that won't take a role with no lines, but I personally feel that if you're on a show, you're on a show. It doesn't matter what you've got. Go for it. So I got actor no lines, and the first day on set in my scene, I noticed that the camera started following me a lot, and then the director actually asked me to do some actions that somebody else was supposed to do, and I thought, okay, that's cool. I got some coverage. Anyways, it turned out they ended up writing me a whole bunch of lines and I got upgraded to principal actor, which means six lines or more. And I had five days on set and I was in quite a few scenes, way more than I had expected. But it was because of this fluidity that they had on set of being creative, that you were allowed to be creative and change things as they went. So the writers were constantly writing. And so you just never knew what was going to happen from one moment to the next. But as an actor, that is such a creative atmosphere to be in. I mean, John Lynch said to me on our last day, he said, so, so here we are. This is our last day. He said, what the heck am I going to do now? How am I ever going to top this experience? Is that a tip then that you would bring forward to maybe actors up and coming in their careers is that no matter what happens when you're in front of a camera, just always make sure you shine, no parts too small? There's a director who once told me, your job as an actor is to just always find the camera. Whatever you have to do to find that camera, do it. I've listened to that advice almost in everything I've ever done. And I've actually been upgraded quite a bit as an actor. There was a movie I did that was called Sightings Heartland Ghost. I was in as, again, a special skills extra, which basically meant I was a little higher up than an extra. I was doing something that had to look specific. Again, the camera followed me, and I ended up getting another day on set, and I got lines, and I got upgraded again. I've been upgraded a few times on commercials as well, and I think it's just that you have to have that ability to know where that camera is and how to make sure it's capturing your essence when it's on you. <laughs> 
You did find out just recently that you are being honored by Actor Alberta this year as the 2020 Woman of the Year. Tell me about that moment when you found out that you were going to be honored with this award. How, what were you doing and how did you find out? I was actually at work. <laughs> so it was difficult because I was, I'm on a call center and I'm taking phone calls and I got this call and sorry people, you, you didn't get your phone calls answered because I was on that phone for a while. I was super excited and super honored to be recognized by um, my union, by Actor Alberta. I guess this is the first time they're having the award. It's the 2020 Woman of the Year Award and they will have it yearly after this. You know, I, I've really been a pretty proud and passionate supporter of the film community for 25 years and you just kind of go about your business doing your work every day and, and putting in your time and you know, helping this person, helping that person, pointing them in this direction. And you don't really stop and think that anybody's actually noticing that your contribution in the community. So it kind of it just hits you in the face when somebody tells you something like that. And along with that, I also got a couple of letters from people in the industry that just kind of said how they feel about what I contribute. And it, it made me super proud. I was very happy to hear that I just wasn't below the radar and, and doing what I do and nobody was noticing. I'm excited to see where I go from here. It feels like a stepping stone for me at the moment. Well, that's amazing. So congratulations on that. And Thank you. You mentioned there the key about community and the acting community here in Alberta. What is it like to be an actor in here in Alberta in a hub that's maybe beyond the norm of New York or Hollywood? It's very much a family. Everybody knows everybody. And if you're new to the community, you are embraced in it right away. You know, you go to any events or you're on set you know everybody you're working with. You know who's from out of town right away because they don't know you. Everybody else knows you. The crew knows you. Everybody knows you. It's so comfortable and safe, I think. You feel safer taking chances when you're surrounded by your friends. As an actor in a smaller community like this that's away from L.A., you find yourself, because you can't constantly work, there just isn't enough work. You couldn't make a living at it here. But you do find yourself taking whatever. You'll be a stand-in one day. You know, the next day you might be background. The next day you might be in a principal role. Some people even do jobs on crew when they're not acting. You know, it almost is the Calgary entrepreneurial spirit that is attached to the film industry here. It's a can-do attitude. Nobody says, well, I'm too special to do that. <laughs> By being slightly outside of one of those big hubs, does it work to your detriment or is it advantageous at some time? Kind of both. If I was in Vancouver, there's a way more competition for every part. Not saying that your talent wouldn't shine. It's just that getting through the door and getting people to see you would probably be a lot more difficult. It works against us because... There's only so many parts that we can go for, and sometimes our industry can be slow. Sometimes it can be busy. It's all. It's either we've got a ton of things going on and not enough people, or it's completely dead. It can be tricky because you're not always working. The newest thing is that you have to learn how to film yourself and how to film auditions and send them to casting directors who may not be here. And it's certainly been an experience learning all that. I've had to get the right equipment. I always have to make sure I have a reader, which means I have another person who can act or say the lines appropriately 
so that I can bounce it off them so that when I'm filmed, I look okay like I'm doing the audition properly. And then there's a whole art to auditioning. So you have to have the proper space in your house. You have to have the equipment. You have to have the technology to be able to edit and then send it to where you have to get it. And all within probably, sometimes it's a day to two days. It can be challenging for that. <laughs> but the pluses is that, you know, you are, this is my home. And the people that I work with are my family. We celebrate everything that we get together. I have friends who go for the same part that I might. And all we're hoping is that one of us gets it. We don't care whether it's me or the other person, just one of us. That's all we're going for. So it's very much a team spirit. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you very much for having me. It was enjoyable. (laughs) I'm Karen Ryan, and these are my three tips for starting out in the industry. Number one, study your craft. There are very few overnight successes and even fewer actors who are naturally talented. Number two, love what you do. It's simple. Don't do it for fame or for money. Do it for the love of your art. Number three, Learn the art of auditioning. This is not the same skill as acting. Some really good actors are terrible at auditioning, and it keeps them from booking their roles so they never get to shine. That's our show for this week. Thanks so much for tuning in to Episode 4 of Storylines. Storylines is a women in film and television Alberta production that's made possible with the generous support from Alberta's Ministry of Culture, Multiculturalism, and Status of Women. Special thanks to Fava for its support on this production. Thanks very much to this week's guest, Karen Ryan. The show's executive producers are Elise Graham, Ava Carvinen, Samantha Quantz, and Teresa Winnick. Shana Giles is our associate producer and social media coordinator. The original storyline's theme is composed by Aaron Macri and Laura Rabode, and I'm your host, senior producer and audio technician, Sheena Rossiter. Make sure you tune in every week to catch the latest Storylines episode where you can hear interviews and get tips from leading women in film and television. You can check us out and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, follow your storylines. We can't wait to see where they lead. Mm